you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not Enough. My name is Ishmael. I hope everyone's doing all well. Hope everyone's good. You know, last year I did an episode about STEM and I had these two great brothers on, Khalil and Billy on, and they did a tech uh, festival. So I thought it was so important to do this again with my special guest. Um, he has this great um, institution going on. It's a nonprofit organization called the XYAYX Institution. I have the good brother, Q Butter, with me. Q Butter, brother, 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 there. Uh, he's got it on mute right now. Uh, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm great, beloved. How you, man? I'm yeah, Zyax, yeah. Thank you. Everybody for- gets the name, man, Zyax. It's Ix. Okay, okay. I was just trying to just spell it out. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's the name. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on. What you're doing is awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's a nonprofit organization to get people, young people, into STEM. Because I truly believe that we have to get kids into STEM at an early age. Because you have colleges, you have tech companies, you have everyone going after the kids that's in college and high school. What well, what about the the kindergarten and up? What about them? They're kind of they're basically left behind. And what you're doing is saying, you know what? I'm gonna start with them at an early age. So again, thank you for coming on. Um, just um, tell me a little bit about um, what you do, and then also what got you into it. Thank you, butter. Um, you know many things. I'm an educator. I founded the Zyx the Movement. Zyx Institute. We also have like, there's a whole assortment of things underneath Zyx. It's a whole movement. I'm centered around black empowerment. And for me, that's about, you know, getting our community's ability to sustain itself and get it to the ability where we can, you know, not just take care of ourselves, but profit off of things that we do. Yeah, he said he's on the way. Uh, That's the last thing they shot? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I got a studio. yeah, focus on what we do. And the focus is about building up the community so that way we can take care of ourselves. And that equation for me starts with education in order for us to be able to take care of ourselves from tying your shoe to cooking food, to arming yourself, defending yourself, fixing anything in your house, making something that's all based off of education. And so everything that we love and, and cherish is pretty much a product of somebody who engineered and the focus that we need to, to to realign, or rather, the the 
one of my goals is to realign our focus on STEM, you know, and specifically in the understanding that that is the key component to developing our community. You know, whether we look at it from bridges to computers, electronics to fashion, design, media, everything's predicated off of STEM. And if we want to actually be able to compete and drive our community to a position of power and of course being in sustainability, we have to take STEM very serious. And I totally agree with that. And uh, one thing about it is you can't judge a book by its cover. You know what I'm saying? You know, people look at you, you got the hat to the back, got the dreads. They think, what is this guy talking about? Yeah, I ain't got my gold teeth on right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you just got to listen. Because uh, the most important thing, I think, is that we got to get to these kids early. Because if you think about the rest of the world, they're already um, adapting that into kids already at an early age. If you go to China, India, they're already implementing that at an early age. And especially in our community, we're not doing that. And you're doing that. But before we get into that a little bit, what got you into it? at a, did, Were you always into it at an early age? Or was it something that you just like later in your life, you're like, you know what, I'm going to learn my, I, I'm going to learn it. And then I'm going to create this and help the, the next generation coming up. Um, I've always been into engineering. I went to school for astronomy and astrophysics. I didn't get the experience engineering in college due to the, you know, the choices I made. High school, I did go to a vocational school for um, auto mechanics. My pops is a you know inventor. He invented a method of producing 3D sound. Just to, I'm an audio engineer, you know, for 15 years. My music studios, I've always that that's you know built my studios. And the experiences I got from just building my studios, and when I say building, from putting the walls up, I got electrocuted, you know, installing my um a uh, 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 wire on one studio and. Yeah, learned a lot, you know. So you know that one ten to the, one ten to the face, so you know send you to the floor, and um, you know all these experiences cultivated, you know the 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 understanding that I have, you know Zyx was something that you know myself and others created about twenty years ago, as a concept for delivery, you know something that we can you know come together with as a new name, new concept, new new perspectives. And we grab, a, you know, we, we grab from things that our ancestors done, but ultimately we're just like a new version of what we think should be there. And over the years has developed into many things. And now it's flourishing as an institute and the nonprofit. Um, the things that we can do with these, you know, these, these, the businesses that we developed, not just motivates, but, you know, it's just, and beyond the fact that it's needed, it, it's, how do I word it? There's just many things. There's an opportunity. It's needed. It's fun, and of course, you know that's what pushed me into it. You know all of these things. So yeah. But yeah, break down the the the, the nonprofit and the institution because I love what you're doing. Is that you're very transparent. Like any money you get in from the from the um no, um from the um, GoFundMe page, you have receipts. You let parents see where this money going to. So just talk about that. Yeah, we're a fully chartered nonprofit organization. We do have to increase our status. Um, I want to raise it up so that way we can be like a million dollar nonprofit. Right now, we're a small not a nonprofit. We started about three years ago, the nonprofit, but ultimately we started about five years ago. But even then, before that, anybody who's known me, I've always been doing you know um, services for the community. That's always something that's been embedded in my mind and goals. The institute now and the nonprofit, they're both together. 
what kind of happened, yeah, it's weird how it developed. So literally, the space where I'm at now, the landlord, shout out to them, they gave, they gave me the top floor. I came for the music studio, and I was doing community events, and I was always talking about the churches and things that people weren't doing in the community and the waste of space. And then the landlord was like, yo, you want the top floor? I mean, the first floor. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, he had a photo studio here at the time. And we do videos and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? It'll probably be a good idea to, you know, take it over. So then when I got the space, I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna divvy up a portion of it and turn it into like a, a classroom or whatever. And it literally was like a 10 by 15 foot room. And my sons have always been homeschooled and there was other parents who connected with me from um, from the community events we were doing. So when we got the space, we was like, you know, we're gonna bring these people together as much as possible. And it was just a room. And I called it the Zyax Institute. And it kind of just became that, you know, but the nonprofit part, we were doing like self-defense programs. I had something which I wanna bring back is the science on Sundays. That was my way of combating church. I was like, look, they're like, what are you going to do on Sundays? I'm like, we're going to do science on Sundays. They do church on Sundays. We got science on Sundays. And it just kept developing. And each year it kept growing. And then the woman who owns one of the landlords, she's a principal or just retired as a principal. And I'm associated to many teachers. And so when they saw what I was doing, it's like, oh, this is cute. You got your little program. You know, it's a little thing. And they're like, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing either, but I got to figure something out. And... You know, I'm a natural researcher, natural, um, you know, educator. And so I was like, you know, let me figure this thing out from a business perspective. And as the services kept growing, because I had the space, I started to see the business um, of space itself. And that's one of the most important services in the nonprofit world, just having a space. And as I started to do more research and understanding of the business, I started to also understand and rather see how much of rather we don't know. And at the same time, I was doing credit repair for free, business development and different things through the community. And when I started to analyze, again, the services that weren't being developed and offered in the community, I'm like, damn, we don't really have stuff. And then when we look at like typical educational services are provided through schools and the black organizations who are attached to schools they can't say anything because they're attached to schools. Right. I have a, you know, I talk my, I talk my ish. So I'm not going to stop talking. So that automatically is like, I, right, we can't do that. And then a lot of us look to the government to fund the location. Right. So that was like a challenge. And I was like, all right, I'm not looking to the government to fund the location. I already got a location. The studio's paying for location. I just got to figure out how to make the location sustain itself. And as it kept developing, it was like, I. Right, this portion of the space is only really about $500 a month. Right. You know, so I'm like, all right, that's not much that this institute is being covered. And I remember when I was putting the walls up, a sister was like, yo, you should make a GoFundMe page on Facebook. It was Marie and internet. I always say her name. And that's how the GoFundMe page started. You know, it was like, I got on the net, like, we're gonna, you know, I need a GoFundMe page to do it. I was live on Facebook and she was like, you should make a GoFundMe so we can support you. And that's how that started. And Sinetta brought me on this platform to promote what I was doing. And so it kept developing. And then about three years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to do something more, more official institute-wide because my children were getting older 
And I was like, all right, I need to take, I need to be serious. And I, I don't like people not taking me serious. And the most important person that got to take you serious is yourself. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, professionally, you know, I, I, you know, and so I was like, all right, I got to step this whole thing up. So it was just a matter of like, I right, understanding the curriculum. So as I'm doing the research and research is everything for me, like research and inquiry, like I'm just, I'm working on the curriculum as we speak, like, like not right as we speak, but literally before this, I'm working on the curriculum and research and inquiry skills are very important. And I, I think that's something that's a challenge in the community because we don't have those skills. And we see that often on the debates online that we have, and the, the basic debate conversations that's centered around stuff that's could be easily rectified with, you know, research skills. Um, I happened to be the murder case when I was younger, around 18, and my, my father is a master researcher, and he's like one of the main reasons why we was able to beat it. And of course, because my parents had legal for money and they were able to fight it and all that good stuff. But those things taught me a lot. And when I was a homeschooler, I found that most people didn't read the law. And that was the same thing with homeschool. When I was doing credit repair, read the law, read the law, read the law, read the data, read everything. And with the nonprofit, most people didn't read the law. And I was just like, damn, this is like, we need to understand the laws and what we're doing and understand how we're going to structure stuff. And the pursuit of trying to make sure I can provide my children the right education was all blended together. And that's why the Institute and the nonprofit, the nonprofit in concept is older than everything because we always want to do for the community for, since we started, but it really got developed in these last four or five years when we got this space here. Um, the Institute, again, because I was homeschooling and I had other parents who were looking at me like, I, because of the community events we were doing, we had an event called Educating Us. And that event was centered around educating us and you know trying to provide ways for parents to successfully educate their children, whether it be in homeschool or, or in the school system. And so I already had a, a group of people that was, you know, we were working together with. And some of them were putting their kids back at regular school and some of them weren't, some of them had faith in what I was trying to do. I was like, all right, I got these, I got a couple people, there's like seven of us. It was about seven children at the time, like 2016. There was a bunch of us who came together on the weekend. So if you go back, we were doing self-defense on the weekend. We were doing science on Sundays. And then during the week, I had my children in there and I had one child, shout out to Bree, who was with my kid like four years ago. So about four or five years ago, it was just my two children and like two other kids. Then the next year was my two children and about five children. Then the next year I got on YouTube really hard and then I saw the way people were using Google Hangouts and I was like, I can connect with more people with Google Hangouts. And then I met Sister Irene, I met a brother Buddha Clinks, and they were both in California and they homeschooled. And I met you know a sister in, in Atlanta and I was like, all right, if we use Google Hangouts, we can all merge together. And that, that turned it into about 20 kids, 30 wow. kids. And then we was like, you know, we're gonna start it later because we got the California people involved. And so that was literally how we started the Institute. It kept, kept developing. So then two years ago, we said, we're gonna do this full time. Wow. So we were just doing like random, like it was, it was scheduled, but it was like afternoon meets. It wasn't organized. I was just teaching the kids. I was all over the place. And then two years ago, shout out to Buddha Clinks. Buddha Clinks is the man. Like he really, aside from other educators who gave me information, he's like one of my secret secret weapons in the background. <laughs> like he's no, 
he's no joke. Big roster. You know, you would look at him like this dude is a straight gangster. And he'd be like, Yeah, I am. But I'm also I have a you know again a master's degree or PhD in um, literature and edu and education and, and English arts and stuff. And so, but he understands the code of the school system. Right. And a lot of times you hear educated people get on YouTube, all these different things talk about education, but the codification of education confuses people a lot. Right. And that that for me is easy. And it was just like, all right, I just got to understand the code. All till right now, like Mr. Brother Robbins just gave me the jewels yesterday because I, I don't teach ELA. He teaches ELA. And it grew, it grew full time two years ago. And this is going to be our third time, full, third year full time. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing two years ago. And then we only had, we, again, it went from 30. Then it grew to about 60 kids. Then last year we started with about 90 and it got up to like 170. So we've been kind of like doubling each year. And right now we have more people signed up than all the years added up together. Plus we have, we're shooting for like a 80 to 90% you know, retention rate with all the children that we had. So if we get a hundred people to come back and we sign up a good 150, 200 kids. So we're pretty confident we're going to hit 250 kids this year. Um, the structure is, is growing. I'm talking about like, yeah, I'm I'm like a lawyer at this stuff, and everything is like, <laughs> everything is at the forefront of what's going on. Like the Jewish community, shout out to the Jewish community. I think the black community we're always beating up on the Jewish community, but my view of white history and stuff like that. Shout out to the Jewish community, and so they've been beating up on the school system in New York. I know I'm a little long with it. I'm having fun, but no, um, no, no, man, I'm loving this dude because what you're doing is phenomenal. And but I've I've done my research and no one's doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm, Appreciate I'm that. saying and and it's important and it should be highlighted. And that's why this is this platform here. So I don't care if you're long winded. I want you to finish because people need to know. Got you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. Yeah, right now in New York, because a lot of times parents so accreditation. That, uh, back to the legality in the in the jargon. So uh, we're not a school. I have no interest in creating a school in New York. The laws in New York are very, very just exaggerated. You know, there's, there's, the Jewish community is at the forefront of changing those laws. But there's, a, there's so many battles going on right now. And so if you're a school in New York, you have to have, a, you have, to have two clauses that I don't agree with. One is a non-discriminatory clause where you have to be open to every community. Two, you have to have a vaccination clause. Where now New York, does, there's no getting around the vaccinations if you're a school in New York. So if you're not a school, you don't have to worry about that. Right. So as a nonprofit, I can specifically, with legally, only work with black people, right. black families who are focused on furthering the black community. That's what it says in our mission statement: Aboriginal, Black, Native, whatever the hell you want to call yourself. Right. That's who we're focused on. And as a nonprofit, you can do that. Now, the vaccination, we're not a school. We ain't got to worry about vaccinations. It's not a government-sanctioned facility. We don't got to worry about that. Health code policies, we adhere to as best as possible. You know, that's the law. Um, and that's just the reality in New York. 
Now, with us being with Sister Irene and Brother Buddha Clinks and a sister in Atlanta, that automatically made us a national servicing organization. Mm. And that made me look at it completely different because there are there's very few black national servicing organizations. Right. And so that that just changed the the ball, you know, the 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 perspective gets really like that's why I bring it back to credit repair. Right. Credit repair agencies or rather credit debt collection agencies look at debt collection from a national perspective. However, their their laws are based off of a local perspective. Most people get confused in that. Right. So you go where it's legal. So in Florida, there are no debt collection laws. So anybody right. can make a debt collection company down and out there. So now if you're buying debt from people in New York, this is a civil concept. This is civil law. Right. So in civil law, you're the prosecutor. You have to go out and actually sue the person and show the government that they broke the law. And then you can get your, you know, your, your, your forms of, you know, um, you know, retribution. So if you're getting sued by somebody who's practicing law in Florida, who's breaking the law in New York, it's up to you to figure out how to sue that person. And ignorance of the law is not, it's not an excuse. So, but it's also not a benefit. So if you're ignorant of a law in a civil sense, that's on you. Right. You see what I mean? The, the, the government's responsibility isn't to make sure you know certain laws. And then that goes into states view. So New York has a state view that it is their job to impede on certain civil liberties um, because of the financial benefits. Right. At one point I was against that, but now that I've traveled so much, I really do understand that concept. So back to credit repair in New York, a lot of law like lemon laws or um, buy here, pay here is illegal. Um, debt collection companies can't, the debt collection laws in New York are very strong. Right. Um, the the um, eviction laws, like New York is very much a protective of people. Homelessness is illegal to be homeless. You know, you have to get help. Right. You know, like now when you go to Atlanta and see 9,000 people living underneath highways, when you see, you know, the disconnectivity between taxation and liberties, liberties that's given to the country, the state, like when you go to California and see the the children being picked up at bus homeless bus stops, you know, in skid there's a skid row in every city, yeah. you know, like you can get a buy here, pay here, you can buy alcohol across the street from a church, across right. the street from a school, like these certain things, like I didn't really understand how much how much they impact. And so all of these things go together. Nonprofit organizations are supposed to be the people who also provide the information to the people so that they understand the look for this. So when I go to like California and I saw that, you know, alcoholism and recidivism are tied together. Alcoholism and long-term health um, defects are tied together. Alcoholism and domestic violence are tied together. So in New York, it's very they, the, the the laws against alcoholism and the abilities to sell alcohol are very high. Right in California, it's very low. So when I'm in California, I think I still got the video up. I'm like, yo, you know, to attack these stores. And California is not a like like a um. What do you call it? 
it's not like a project city. Right. Like in New York, there's like, there's a large portion of black community lives in projects. Yes. You know what I mean, they don't own property. Right. They tax money. They don't, they're not part of the taxes that go towards the properties. In California, totally different. You know, so I'm like, yo, y'all have so much power, but they don't have the nonprofits there that's providing information to help them understand that you have the power to move these liquor stores, to tell the government you don't want the local legislation, you don't want them to have the right to advertise a naked woman holding a Hennessy bottle with lights on it and sell liquor at 12 o'clock at night or seven in the morning across the street from a school. You see what I mean? So all of this is tied together for me. And so with the nonprofit and the, and the institute, it just gave me the, the back foreground to look at the laws loosely. And because we're a national servicing organization, I was like, all right, we have to look at us. I hate Planned Parenthood, but their business model is one of the top business models in the country. Right. Um, there's an organization called K-12. They have almost 2 million students in their program and they're a national servicing organization. And so it gets, it gets really deep, the layers how education is provided in the country. There's pro-choice states. I don't know if you're familiar with pro-choice states where mm -hmm. you know the money's allocated to the parent. New York is not a pro-choice state. You have um, direct allo tax allocation. You have, um, and this isn't just in failing cities, this is across okay. the states where you have, like, so that's why the Jewish community is so powerful in what they're doing in Ramapo, New York, because their money is Ramapo. You know, so if they play with their money, they're not playing. Then the city, ha the state has to listen. So they forced New York to now recognize nonprofit organizations like my own as schools. And accreditation, so a lot of parents have the accreditation question. Accreditation is a is a legal it's for students in regular school right and it's for legal accountability it's different once you become a homeschooler you now take on accountability so your first job is to look up the law in your state as to what is required for your child to be educated now there's two laws just like with credit repair, you have the federal law and education requirements and you have your state's laws and education requirements. You have to know how to argue to both of them depending on what you want. Now as a homeschooler, most states, you have to get your GED. And so that confuses most parents when they get into our program where they're like, so do we get a diploma? We don't provide a diploma. Now in order to provide a diploma, Again, it's a state perspective. We're in New York. There is about 30 states where a parent can give their own diploma. It's called a non-accredited diploma. Right. And colleges, most states don't require, so that's, let me get into that. So okay. accreditation and diplomas are tied with federal aid. Yes. And state aid. Right. And so how they go about, a, you know, a, you know, tying the aids in together. And so if you're if financial aid, if your state says in order to get financial aid, you need a diploma. Then your colleges will require you to get a diploma. 
if your state states that in order for you to get school lunch aid, you have to be in some form of program that's approved, then that's how you, so each state has a different way they look at the laws and it goes off of what you want from the state. So I have a lot of parents who come in who are like, F the government, we don't want nothing from the government. And so they're cool with that. Then there's other parents who are like, no, we wanna get, um, we wanna be able to use the school facilities or the gyms or certain things like that. All of these things are tied to the money. Now, many parents live in states where you do not, with, with, in order to get in college at the degree, high school diploma is not required. Right. And that's called special admissions, um, homeschool special admissions students. Anybody watching? That's what you will look up. Now it gets, there's so many again levels to it. The compulsory age push. I, I can go in for hours on this stuff. Cause like, no, I want to no, get no, it's good because it's important people know that because I think to understand is that people need to know the difference between state and federal. And a lot of people don't know the difference between state and federal when you get into different, different laws, mm -hmm. when it comes to schooling, just anything people need to know that. And then also the price, the best example I can give people, learn the history of DeVry, DeVry Institute. If you want to learn about how they how they became this big thing and everything, learn the history of DeVry. But no, I think our people need to know, need this. This is, mm -hmm. again, this is education 101 when it comes to educating your kid. Now, whether if you want to do it through the the, 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 like the, um, the school system or homeschooling, these are the things that people need to know. Mm-hmm. And in independent schools, most black independent schools, children typically have to be homeschooled. Like private school is a form of homeschooling. It's just that you're going into an accredited private institution, but that's your parental choice. You don't have to go to an accredited private institution. What you do have to do is make sure your child is getting a sufficient education. That's a new key term. Right. So accreditation and sufficient education don't mean the same thing, but the Jewish community right now in New York is suing to make it mean the same thing. Right. And most of America is following New York State's education compulsory laws. In the last five years to 10 years, everybody's changed their compulsory age where they want children to stay in school till like 18 years old. And that's because the schools want that money. Right. If you're getting, if they can keep your kid till 18, that means they can get federal aid until they're 18. Right. Now, in pro-choice states, that's a good thing. That means that you're, you, if your child's in a failing city or in a place where you can take the money from the city from your, because it's your money, you may have a $15,000 budget, $25,000 budget for your child to be homeschooled or whatever type of education you want to provide for your child in your city. And the state has to give you that money. If you have an IEP, their parents may have to be forced to, the school may have to be forced to provide an education, pay for whatever institute that you want your child to go to. Like these little policies, you know, are different in each state. And K-12, the organization, they're a master at being able to get that money out of the system. I'm not interested in the money out of the system. However, it is a perspective that in business, my New York perspective is in the country perspective. Like I met a sister in California who was like, yo, it's different. Like they give money to anybody who's a service provider because of the way the system is set up. So they don't care if you're pro-black or not, it's up to the parent. 
And so in Atlanta, it's all black. Right. You know, so in the laws, they don't have the same discriminatory laws. So you can make an accredited school in Georgia and have to worry about certain things. But in certain spaces, you have to. Certain laws, like, they, they, they go beyond what's the scope of what's really needed and go into some other BS. And so where I'm at right now with the Institute is finding ways to become that there, but also staying centered to the fact that we want to provide the parents with the best means available to get their child to, to the next level. And so we're trying to be, we're being as creative as possible. And as parents who may be watching, so we right now we're introducing that they have New York, they have something called a 24 hour credit program. Many states, they have it called college now, but if you accumulate 24 credits in college, that's equivalent to a GED or a task diploma. And because of COVID, GED.com has now opened up its digital platform. So any parent, and most of the gun states, the red states, you can get your GED online. Right. So you can start that process at most homeschooling states at 16. You don't need that to get into college in most gun states, yep. most red states. In order to get into college, you either need an ACT, SAT, or first and foremost, the bag. If you got the money and you go to the college and tell them like, look, my daughter's gifted, or look, look, I got 80,000 a semester. They gonna find a way to get your kid in that okay. school. Oh yeah. <laughs> they gonna find a way to best believe it. So it's money, you don't got the bread, then it's going to be taking the ACT or SAT exam, having a portfolio. And now that the SAT, the, the STEM is the bug, your portfolio needs to highlight your capabilities in STEM. Yep. And so that brings it all back center where if your child's goal, if your goal is to get your child to be able to compete in this world and get them to a space where they can sustain themselves and, and flourish your family on their own, education is the thing that you're here. That's why you're watching this. You don't need to get a diploma to get your child into college. You need to have them become many little young experts in whatever they want to do. So if they're doing hair, cosmetology, fashion, biology, engineering, mechanics, whatever it is, you want to start their portfolio as early as possible. You want to go onto a college website, download or copy their curriculum and look at what their core subjects that they're required to know and introduce that to your child. You get the topics from, this is what I do with my institute. So if you want your child to become a biomed major, or if you want them to be a veterinarian, you go look up the core subjects that they need and you make that your child's subjects, that you make that their curriculum and you break down what they need to know in their language for their child. And that's what you shape their mind around. You download the labs. Every subject has labs, no matter how you look at it, whether it's labs or special reports. You have your child create those labs. You buy the lab online. You go to homeschool.com or whatever these websites, Amazon. You buy the lab. You have your child do the labs. You film the lab. You film your child expressing themselves. You make them write down what they learned from the lab. You show their research skills with the lab. You bring, And you show their capabilities through their labs and through their reports. And you have this portfolio that you present to the colleges. And that's what the colleges are looking for. Kids yeah. who are dope, kids who are extremely advanced. They want to find children. If your kid doesn't know pre-calculus and algebra, they're not going to be able to compete. I don't care if you don't like the new math or not. You more than likely don't like the new, like the new math because you don't know math. Yeah. And that's just what it is. So find somebody who does know the new math 
and have them show your child. And it's not really new math, but you just show your child that math that that that's the, that's it. You know, find ways of delivering this information to them as fast as possible. Your child should be at 13 algebra two. Yes. You see what I mean? That means that they know inequality. Excuse me. They know integers. They know inequalities. They know how to do um, radical equations, exponential equations, logarithms. They understand ratios. They understand percentages. They understand monomials, polynomials. They understand factoring. They understand the quadratic equation, linear equations. Then from there, you want to get them to understanding. Um, I would say that would be the core. But if they're 12 years old, they should know those by topic. Yes. You know what I mean? Literally by topic, those statements there. And they should also know that they have graphical representations of all of those topics. And that is the core of pre-calculus. Them understanding their graphs and understanding the functions, being able to express it through functions. So once they know their graphs, then they get their functions, they're ready for calculus. They learn their first derivative. And you want to keep putting that in their head. You want to learn calculus. Science, you want to know the core subjects in science, science skills, of course, with chemistry, physics, earth science, I mean, astronomy, earth science, living environment, then organismal biology, if you want to add that on there. Um, um, health, they got their subjects. I can, I can go in on the subjects, like, because I don't want to make sure people know, like, look, you don't got to be in my program. You got, but this is what you need to know for your child. You know, these are the standards that you need to know. Your child should be able to recognize the parts of a circuit, the key yep. components of electronics. What is a capacitor, resistor, transistor, wires, thickness of wires, variable potential or potentiometers. They shouldn't recognize these components. They should understand the basic tools for measuring. They should know different angles, the geometric shapes. These are things they should know. Your, your, they should know what framing is. They should know the different types of things used for walls, different yeah. thing, materials, basics of metallurgy. They should understand the periodic table. Like this is the compete. If we don't have this at like 11 or 12 years old, we're not competing. That's right. And and that's, and that's the frustrating thing about it is like when I alluded to it earlier, where you have these companies reaching out to these uh, college kids and these high school kids, but what about starting at an early age and what you're doing right now so like you said everything that these kids need to know they should at least know by 12 and 13 before even they get to high school. like freshmen in high school these are implement like um things that should be a foundation when they get to high school right. um, but also talk about have any of the hbcus reached out to you because i think that's one of the big components that i alluded to earlier where is the farm system where is the system to follow these kids that you, that that started early middle school to high school and we have this system in place where again we have this history of stem and hbcu like when you think about the historical uh, importance that hbcus has played in stem in this united states is humongous but has any of uh, ha have anyone ever reached out to you to create something like that where we can um, in a way, not track, but just follow the progression of these kids. So when they graduate from um, um, middle school into high school, the HBCUs are looking at these kids already. Say, you know what? We want this kid. We want this kid. We want this kid. We want this kid. We're gonna recruit them like we do, like the NBA, play, like 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 the uh, high school kids or who are potential to the NBA. I would say that's my responsibility. Even just hearing you saying it, like yeah, that's that that's. Just like I said, the 24-hour credit program, I have to reach out to colleges 
that's yeah i gotta put that on me like that's a dope you know great idea you know as busy i may be i gotta just reach out to colleges and just reach out to hsbus and say we want to connect that program there um not be so fearful of the the rhetoric that i speak because i know like i'm not changing my rhetoric and so i don't want to you know influence or you know hurt somebody else's situation because they partnered with us you know but i don't want to hinder my students ability to go forward because they're in our institute. So it's a combination of both. So this year, that's why it gets back to the work. At the end of the day, look, my students is better than y'all's. Like where I'm at this year, I gotta figure out how to get, you know, all my students glue guns. All of them need like 5,000 popsicle sticks. All of them need soldering irons. All of them need electrical components. They need cutting boards. They need um, exacto knives and right angle tools and metal rulers and all they need sharp they, they need i need to make sure that they can give all of this so how can i get 300 kids all of these things so that way we can get them to that space to where they're competing on that level and let the work show like um what we're doing this summer you know they're doing engineering projects like like crazy they may be a little bored some of them like mr q i'm like look your parents let me get y'all I, I don't care if you're bored i'm going to drill y'all we drilling engineer drilling all summer my sons be like damn daddy it's 12 o'clock at night i'm like look parents if your kid is up at 12 o'clock i don't care if my kid is up late make a house make go. a bridge make a catapult <laughs> you know what i'm saying you want to be up playing on your phone looking at the computer all right well make a bridge and then i'll let you do something for x hour like take advantage of that time like stem doesn't stop legos erector sex popsicle sticks that is that is <laughs> All day long, go make something. If you don't, if you don't have a microscope, go get yourself a little fifty dollars, sixty dollars microscope on Amazon. Tell them to go make some slides. Go look at something. Just, just keep them exploring, nonstop. They don't have anything there. Go find something to take apart. Take it apart and organize your parts. Take all the wires, put it in this part. Take all the motors, put it over here. Take the switches out, put them over here. Take all the pieces out and just organize your parts and just. Every Saturday, you ain't got nothing to do. Take something apart. Go now. You go. Let's go gold mine shopping. There's no such thing as garbage. Go around and look for a VCR. Go find a. I said VCR. You know I'm old. <laughs> but you know what? With that VCR, you can create something new with that VCR. Yeah, they even got them anymore. I meant to say printer. That VCR, man. They're gonna be like, what? What is a, a what? A, a VC? What? They don't even know what DVDs is. Yo, is, is there still a crazy Eddie store around? <laughs> Yo, they got rid of they got rid of Radio Shack. <laughs> it's over. They got rid of Radio Shack, so it's it's whack now, man. So they, but this is inside of the components. You can take it apart. You can order it on Amazon. Thirty dollars. You can get tons of electrical components, and your child is just putting stuff together. Get a breadboard. Let them learn. And, they, and just off of electronics, they have to use their fractions. They got to use percentages. They got to use decimals. So they just, and then get used to the terminology, you're using whole numbers, you're using rational numbers, you're using this type of number, using this. All these things, different things go together, and STEM helps them do it. You know, when I have them making their house right now, it's all about squares and using squares and understanding how to get, you know, your cubic feet and their square footage and all the different things. And so everything goes into it, having them measure. That is all data and measurement. Just doing that on the regular refines their ability to use a measuring tape and tools and develops their patience for projects. And project patience 
is extremely important when you need the fortitude to get through. You know, you don't have the, the, the look, not to talk about what some of the people are going through in the community, but if you don't have the resources, you're going to need project patience and, and creativity to make sure your project is done. You know, you may not have the money to get the sheetrock you need. You may not be able to get the duct system you need. So you have to be creative with engineering to get to what you want to do. Have your institute open up, have your program flourish. And so engineering is in every, I'm obsessed with engineering. Like, it's, it's, it's the heartbeat of everything. Like, if you think about engineering, everything evolves around engineering. Everything, you know, yep. environment to what we're doing right now. Engineering is the heartbeat of what makes everything run. And I think that's important. And this has been a dope conversation, man. I, I can go on for like three hours talking to you about this. Yeah, man. But, same here. But before we end it. Before we end it, talk about the importance to a child when it comes to two eyes and two hands. You know, if you have that, you're already rich when it comes to this world. Talk about the significance of that. Well, with your two eyes and two hands, you can read a book, you can do research, and you can expose yourself, you can expose your child, and the tools for communication lie with your hands and your eyes. You know, much of the, you know, the sub, outside of the, the you know, you know the, the vocal importance of speech your how your eyes are coordinating what you're saying to what you're doing and your hands are coordinating to what your eyes are seeing whether it be a sports fighting refined tooling all of those things are very important and our beautiful black hands and our eyes were the first to be exposed and to manipulate anything that was on this planet you know engineering was birthed in our hands from the sisters learning how to braid refinely to our brothers manipulating clays and, and rocks to create structures you know, we, we, we were the pioneers on it. And now it's time to reintroduce ourselves to the place where we can become competitors in the world as a, into what it is now. Facts, man. And then the last question, as a father, what does it mean to lead by example? They're always watching. Your children are always watching, you know, and there's no excuses. You know, um, you can try to get them to understand, but there's no excuses. You know, my, my son's birthday was Thursday. We're celebrating in a couple hours at Area 53. And I told him, I was like, I'm not going. I was like, I'm paying for it. And he was like, Daddy, man, you got to go. You always working. And that was the judgment. Now, I could have been like, I can't, I could have gave him an excuse so I could show him a way to make it happen. Rich dad, poor dad stuff. And so, you know, be around, try to do this, not try. Trying, but doing is what it is. There's no trying. Do what you can, and they will respect that. My father did what he can, and I understood. You know, when they bought a new car in 93 or 92, and we had to wear skippies, and I got joked on, I understood the sacrifice. You know, it wasn't that we didn't have shoes. We didn't have the shoes we wanted, but he still got our shoes. You know, and so your children will understand your sacrifice. Explain to them the sacrifice and let them be a part of your journey as you get to where you want to be. If you already are there, then be then you should have the ability to provide them an experience with you. You know, if you're already making that much money, you should be able to put aside time to make sure that they're with you, seeing you and experiencing you. You know, my children are with me. I'm fortunate. My children are with me like, I don't know, 70 hours a week. You know, so most parents are with their children, like maybe like, I don't know, 10 hours a week, 12 hours a week, you know, in between six o'clock and like nine o'clock and then they shut off them off the bed sending them to school and then a the weekend they're in their room like 
my kids is always around me watching what I do. And it's I, thank you for the community support to be able to give me an institute where I can have this ability. You know, I can make bridges with them. I can do remote control cars. We burn things, break things, melt things, go out of state, build things and shoot things. And we're connected with black people that's just like us all over the country. So I am beyond honored to have the ability to do this and fortunate. And I want everybody who's supporting us to know how thankful I am to have this opportunity. Damn, that's dope. And I'm, I'm truly honored to have the opportunity to talk to you and just to share the great things you're doing, man. And I know, you know, you, you, um, you're looking down in GA for a new um, spot, right? I, yes, honestly, anywhere, but Georgia, we look, I've been hunting this, this freaking sellout lady, um, <laughs> hated on me on this spot. And I guess whatever, she was like, you're too radical, your speech. I'm like, lady, the, the, your last tenant robbed you. <laughs> like, we're trying to pay you for like half the year up front, fix up your location, and I'm going to fix your credit up. And you got all these connections, and you never have to worry about rent with us. But you're worried about the fact that I say crackers, the fact that I, that I told my students to beware of white people and coons. That's crazy. Oh, so. man. That's if you're one of those black people, that's how, yes, your student will hear the C word and the, the, the both C words. TNC is definitely used in our institute. You know what I mean? Like they need to know if you uh, about the history of our enemies and the history of, of the people who helped our enemies get to, 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 to this position where they are. If we truly want to be out of this position. I hear you, brother, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. You're welcome to come back on anytime you want to. Appreciate man. that, beloved. Thing. Shout out it's to your, your platform, your platform man. My platform is your platform, and that's vice versa. Vice versa. I got to get you on my channel. All right, just let me know. We'll, we'll make right, it we'll happen. Do. Go All enjoy right. your son's birthday, man. All right, we'll <laughs> do. Okay, appreciate you, beloved. All right, brother. All right. So for you, yeah. Yo, there whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that or I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option And dad is not a noun, not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.